Hello and welcome to episode 186 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. 2020 starts here. I'm excited man. It's been a long time coming. We've had a pretty slow, to say the least, start to the to the obviously the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been some cool stuff, but obviously a lot of that stuff was kind of ha- the hangover from last year, um, especially for UK audiences. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely... that awkward stuff, isn't it? That it's mm. like, is this twenty twenty? Is this twenty nineteen? And th- like, it really does feel like now this is it. Yeah, this was the first big theatrical release of the year where no one had seen it, obviously, prior to this year. Um, And it was definitely one of the ones that we're most excited for. I mean, the great thing about this year is there's still so much to what you've got to look forward to. You know, at least half a dozen of our most anticipated movies are still to come, which is awesome. But this was definitely on the list, but it definitely wasn't at the top of our list. And um, yeah, we've seen it and it's awesome to finally get to talk about it. Um, So yeah, when we're talking about The Invisible Man this week... um, but yeah, to kick the news off, as we always do, um, we have to start with one place and one place only, because it's very, very hype indeed. And so um, hype. rather excitingly, it does tie to The Invisible Man as well, um, because this trailer got released um, prior to the release, obviously to be attached to it, to run in cinemas in the US. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the trailer for Candyman. Hell um, yeah. Which, yes, we have... We have seen it many, many times, um, including on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, somehow, somehow we got to see it in front of Invisible Man as well, which was awesome. Yeah, literally for like the first time for this show. Yeah. You know, we always talk about when these trailers come out and like yeah. the reasons why they're coming out. That's never the case for us. You know, yeah. we've not yeah. seen the Spiral trailer yet or anything like that. Um, but for us to immediately see this trailer on the big screen, like I was just oh, so, was so excited. Hyped. It was so exciting. Um, so yeah, obviously, full. We're going to discuss the trailer now. So if you don't want to know anything about the trailer, because we are going to talk full spoilers of a trailer, <laughs> um, then yeah, just sort of skip forward until the musical cue. If you want to just hear our discussion of the Invisible Man, um, but yeah, talking about Candyman, what did you think about this trailer? Man, it was so hype. Like they mm. did, they did everything right. I think, <laughs> like or almost everything right. I think, yeah. like uh, the way that it it feels like a remake but it also feels completely fresh and new like um i don't know it just stays true to like the mm. original Candyman a lot obviously we we like there were all questions that i had in my head like will caprini green be a thing will it be the legend of a candy man in that way or will they yeah. kind of shy away from that but like it's very much like the similar sort of thing and um obviously kind of um um the way Candyman looks, the musical cues in this trailer were very close to the original as well. Mm. Um, it wasn't quite the original Candyman theme, was it? But I felt like it was a, it was almost there. I, I feel like it'll get burst out. And even just the way that, you know, the, um, the font of the logo and just, just everything feels like the original movie um, in the right way. Mm. Um, and then kind of getting into the action of it, it feels like it's going to be, pretty pretty brutal and pretty bloody and um kind of i'm i'm hoping that the it's the opening scene almost that we get to see in this movie the the bathroom scene of the girls kind of chanting it i kind of feel like that's a fantastic opening scene to that movie so i really hope it starts with that Mm. um 
because I feel like that out of context would just be an awesome opening. Whereas if that kind of like is a chunk of the way through the movie, it has more connotations. Yeah. Um, I so will yeah. say though about the trailer and in its use was genius because the mm. line before it is the setup of the trailer when Yaya's telling his presumably partner, um, you know, if you say Candyman's name five times in the mirror, he's going to come out. And then she's like, who would do such a thing? Mm. And then the fact that they cut to like these school students doing it in the mirror yeah. in a bathroom. I was like, that was such a brilliant like comedy reveal of that scene where it's like mm. yeah of course some dumb kids would do that <laughs> dumb kids be dumb kids man <laughs> but yeah and obviously like yaya in this is fascinating yeah um because like it poses so many questions you can see him in the trailer kind of having these meltdowns and obviously he becomes obsessed with Candyman throughout this movie and kind of to what extent does he become Candyman? like mm-hmm. how tethered to Candyman is he how like, because obviously, you know, the original movie, um, very supernatural um, in, you know, in Tony Todd's Candyman, he is not a human. You know, he is a, this this kind of being. Mm. And I wasn't sure whether um, in this ma- this film, Candyman would be more grounded and more kind of, you know, um, based more in reality and kind of it what they what they spoke what they kind of looked at into with yaya kind of felt like that but then there were a couple of scenes where characters were seemingly being pulled by like an invisible force and that sort of thing Mm. which looked more supernatural so it it did kind of pose the question to me like you know what 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 are they going to do with this is it going to be more like the original or are they going to keep it grounded and were those scenes embellished for the for the trailer or or is that kind of like what it will be like you know because obviously we know jordan can cut a very clever trailer and Mm. um you know trick us and like there are a few that that will do that these days but you know this trailer could be one that's doing that and trying to make you go that route um but yeah i i i was just super into i cannot wait for this movie is the bottom line of it like Obviously, we're very close to a quiet place right now, and it's almost kind of like I'm in that calm before the storm with a quiet place where I'm almost like, I know it's so soon that I don't want to be thinking about it. Um, And I'm like kind of trying to move on to the next thing in my mind already. Um, And this is definitely that next thing. But those two movies, man, hype levels Mm. could not be higher. Oh yeah, we got some good things coming. the, The trailer for me was really interesting. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay that was cool but i was it was a lot going on it was a lot to process the first time Mm. and i think that it's it's grown on me massively the more and more i see it and seeing it on the big screen i do think it's a really good trailer but the first time i saw it i thought it was a little bit too muddled they were like there's a lot of scenes of dialogue where the dialogue is literally cut off kind of mid-sentence because they're trying to get so much at you where it's like yaya's explaining who Candyman is then he meets this guy who's explaining what cabrini green is then he's Mm. explaining that he's like this guy who's obsessed with it and it was i was like god what is going on and once you figure out that kind of there's only really like three or four main scenes that they keep cutting back to the problem is in the trailer they literally just keep back and forth so it's like here's this kind of art gallery scene here's this kind of scene where he's talking to his partner and then a couple of other scenes and they're like the yeah. meat of the trailer really like there's obviously cutaways to different stuff as well yeah like the bathroom scene yeah like and, and again that scene kind of plays out in chronological order really but mm. i think the other scenes are very mixed up it's like you're jumping yeah. all over the place so it was a little bit to get my head around but once you actually get down to it yeah i really really liked it like the we have to mention the use of the song which is i wonder mm, if this is going to oh become such like a jordan peele thing now in the future um because yeah. the second you hear that say my name i was just like it's genius like it just yeah. works perfectly. i was like you you 
fuckers like how yeah. did you like he's done it again done it? um so yeah it, better as well like in terms of just like the use of it like say my name for candy yeah. man are you kidding me yeah like that's incredible <laughs> and like the, again that version of it just like tonally like yeah was perfect for a horror trailer as well mm-hmm. um and yeah like for me by far the standout was yaya in this trailer um yeah. he's the thing that gets me the most hype like we obviously got a tease of him in us and he wasn't in it too much um he was great in black mirror if people haven't seen and obviously we've talked about Watchmen a little bit on the show but i think mm-hmm. that that was kind of his final performance where i was like i love this guy now and i need to see him in so much more and yeah he's the lead in a horror movie like i can't ask for anything more than that um no and I'm so glad that he's front and center. He is the star of this movie, clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me most excited. And yeah, like their take on Candyman is fascinating. Like, is he going to become Candyman? Is he just obsessed with it? Is he possessed by Candyman? Like all of these different things, I think, are so interesting from this trailer, mm-hmm. um, which just gets me super excited. And yeah, like I'm curious what is going to be their take on it because obviously there's been so much talk of like the tony todd stuff and initially it was like oh you know they were stepping away from it then they kind of confirmed that he was in it and now they're not really talking about it so clearly they want to keep it a surprise um but it's one of those ones if you've been following it since day one there was definitely a point where they confirmed he was in it <laughs> whereas now they're kind of like did saying because oh, i wasn't yeah, i wasn't certain did. on that yeah well the, one of the weird things this is a weird one but to bear with me but the martian did the same thing where they confirmed matt damon was in that movie like three years prior to it coming out and then yeah. like before it came out when people were like is matt damon still in this they were like eh, they didn't really want to say anything obviously for good yeah. reason if you've seen that movie um so i think they're doing something similar here and judging on the trade it really makes me wonder like what they're going to do with him because there's a lot of stuff with yaya where he's kind of like looking at reflections in mirrors and he's very much trying to take on this form of like the two um mm. you know like old school candy man and then his take on it and especially his voice as well the the last line of the the actual full trailer i can't remember what exactly he's saying but it's it's like a distorted version of yaya's voice and to me it almost mm. sounds like tony is saying the line and yaya is saying the line and they're like yeah. mixed it together Um, which i think is fascinating it was kind of like that be my victim type thing wasn't it because Mm. that's the thing as well they were using a lot of the same terminology we got kind of the be my victim and we got um the artwork with sweets for the sweet in it as well didn't we and and like the graffiti scenes and that and so i just love because you know obviously we've both recently rewatched Candyman. you got did you get the arrow release yeah Yeah. i've got it it's incredible and like you know watching that movie again and like it's um still so good in case people haven't seen it in a while like it it holds up brilliantly it's a truly special movie it's so different to anything else that was around that point and just Mm. kind of this weird you know thing that just stands on its own and so like yeah i can't wait to see it again and obviously we we see a character as well in the art gallery looks very much she's also there's this scene when she's kind of at Mm. home as well she looks very much like helen yeah it's almost like an homage to helen um Mm. It kind of looks like she might have gone home and said Candyman in the mirror or something. Um, mm. It kind of looks like she gets attacked at home, but it's hard to tell from the trailer. Yeah. But when I first saw her, I was like, Jesus Christ, what, Helen's in this? <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just the way like, she, she wears I think I don't. Again, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if that was confirmed, but I think they did say that that character was recast. Right. Because um, okay. obviously we don't, from this trailer, we don't know when this is set. Um, no. They are obviously using a remix version of a 90s song. So, yeah. and obviously the original was so rooted in the 90s. But then also okay. in real life, Cabrini Green was destroyed. And then obviously this is kind of set in an area which has been renovated. So, Helen, yeah, Helen Lyle is cast in, um, yeah, 
in in the new Candyman movie. I'm pretty sure that's her character name in the original Candyman. Yeah, I think so. Oh, and also the oh, the actress was it? I can't. Is it was it Patricia Arquette or is that? No, I'm not. In, what's her name? I can't remember. Um, but uh, the original, sorry, or yeah, the original, yeah. Because Cassie Legan. Kramer pay, plays Helen Lyle in the 2020 Candyman, and. Virginia Madison and it that's it. I knew it was someone else's sister. Mm. Yes, Virginia Madison. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. she's kind of spoke about some stuff as well, where not really confirmed, but at one point last year she was involved in the project. Mm. Um, but that's since gone very cold because obviously now they're trying to like keep things a, a secret. Um, very exciting, so man. It is for sure. Like I, I, my final thoughts are that I, I really, really like it. And I think that the the way they're doing Candyman, if if this trailer is to be believed, which is Yaya is essentially going to become Candyman, but maybe he'll see visions of Tony Todd at times. Maybe we'll see a, a combination of the two. Maybe it's just a voice in his head that's Tony that then becomes his voice. Like I think that is a genius way of carrying on, where you don't just have mm-hmm. another Tony Todd Candyman movie. Um, yeah. And it's and it's something that obviously I think Jordan, if he did come up with that idea, I think is a really really good take on it, where it is kind of like a sequel slash a remake you know it's mm. it is because it is technically a sequel by the looks of things like they are referencing the events of the first Candyman movie so. it seems that way yeah mm. um, so I, I can't wait yeah definitely man definitely it gets me it's so just, excited yeah it's it's so incredible like, it's awesome that we have so many of these great movies to look forward to and we are actually getting the trailers now yeah. like when we get the first trailer for like malignant it's going to be so hype like there's so many awesome things oh, to look man. To. to actually know what that movie's about yeah um but yeah there's there's some other news stories here that are nowhere near as hype so we're just going to quickly buzz through these yeah. um they announced the full cast for upcoming season of american horror story um or at least what seems to be the full cast at this time um obviously the, the, vet- the veterans return in sarah paulson evan peters who obviously weren't in the last season Sweet. um kathy bates billy lord are returning um the most surprising name on this macaulay culkin is going to be in fantastic <laughs> fantastic thoughts on that i'm buzzed me too. <laughs> Sorry, buzzed. <laughs> yes. Macaulay Culkin, American Horror Story. Hell yes. Yeah, um, that was my thought as well. <laughs> yeah, and Billy Lord as well. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. such a, I'm such a Billy Lord American Horror Story fan at this point. Yeah. Um, she, she, she's like, like my one of my favorite characters that just pops up every year now to see what she does. You know, it's kind of like Evan Peters for a while. Yeah. I'm buzzed that he's back. Yeah, it's exciting. For sure, I cannot wait. We, again, we don't really know the whole theme about this yet, but yeah, stay tuned. Um, yeah. Next up, this is a very brief one. Um, Skate Room 2 was originally going to come out in <laughs> April, was then bumped to August. Now it's coming out December 30th. Sweet. So that's a placeholder for next year. I was going to, like, good luck. <laughs> a, a Sony Productions movie that's coming out on December 30th. Like, yeah. <laughs> Say yes. no more. So, so just a sequel a that no one was asking for. Um, we're going to have to record our year end episode <laughs> late. <laughs> yeah. um, it will it will have to come out in twenty twenty one because you we imagine? Don't need to allow for seeing this movie. <laughs> imagine if we were that insane. Um, yeah, this is just look. Ridiculous. I'm nothing but thorough. Okay, <laughs> I, I will need to see all the movies. <laughs> mm, moving swiftly on. Um, Next up is an interesting one because I don't even know. Like th- these whole TV announcements of horror properties get so muddy that I can't even remember what we've discussed at this point. I feel no, like this is a new one. Try me. Um, Day of the Dead? Question Feels mark. New. Feels um, new. Yeah, apparently they're making a show of that. Um, so 
sci-fi uh, behind this one? Oh, you just seen... reminded me that Walking Dead is back. And... <laughs> I was going to say, I thought, I thought I was expecting an update later on in this episode. <laughs> the update is I've just remembered that it's back. <laughs> Fair enough. Look forward to it next week, guys. Um, I do but... not. <laughs> But yeah, obviously Sci-Fi, who are already picked up Chucky for a season, um, have given a 10-episode order for a series based on George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. Um, sure. Rather interestingly, the, the little plot that they gave said, uh, Day of the Dead is the intense story of six strangers trying to survive the first 24 hours of an undead invasion. That's not Day um, of the Dead. No, that's <laughs> any zombie that's, movie ever. That's Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> day of the dead is specifically much further into the zombie invasion yes it's most <laughs> most further in it's set in a bunker and it and it tells the story of the military like there's no mention of any of those three things in this plot description um is it just so, that's the cheapest of the three licenses at this point yeah uh, yeah you have to oh definitely you'd have to assume so right well, um, well you'd have thought that but then we saw night of the living dead everywhere at fright fest on every like film every film that oh yeah we that's saw, true because no one actually owns the rights yeah. yeah so like i would have thought but Do you know maybe the reason why. behind that just as a brief like aside it's literally because he didn't put the copyright logo on the on the credit scene at the start of the movie <laughs> which is why like yeah you can like i could sell a blu-ray of that and it'd be fine you know it's it's, it's hilarious story um so yeah make sure you put your copyright logo on stuff guys apparently it's that important who knew do, do we um, do we need do we need to copyright the show let's let's discuss <laughs> off it um and then <laughs> Finally, um, this is a, a very small one, which will kind of lead us into The Invisible Man, really, is that um, Lee Winnell has apparently signed a two-year overall deal with Bloomhouse. Um, Sweet. So it says that the first look deal will include projects that Lee writes, directs, or produces. And then there's just a bunch of spiel about how they're happy to obviously continue working him with him off the success of Invisible Man at the box office success. Um just to, for immediately for me to interject, I just find this such a weird announcement because don't get me wrong, like props to Lee, it's great for him. Um, and this is no judgment on his career or anything, but you don't really see stuff like this announced in the film world where they're basically saying it's a two year first look deal. So people are hyped about it, but literally all it means is if he writes or directs anything in the first, in the next two years, they're just the first people that get essentially dibs on the project. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't odd. really mean anything, does it? <laughs> it's, it's odd. Yeah. Like it is even, odd, he'll probably at most, he could make one more movie. I'd say in the next yeah. two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder how many scripts he could bang out. Uh, oh yeah. Know, true. Maybe that's what they're looking at, but, <laughs> um i guess it is an odd one i guess it's mm. just odd that it gets announced like you say yeah. i'd imagine these sorts of deals exist quite a bit mm. um yeah certain writers and directors like, get attached to certain production companies yeah, and distributors for their it, entire careers the time yeah and so it's it is odd but but you know i i just want to see more lee winnell stuff so yes. it, you know if if this helps that then i'm excited well, before we see some more stuff, we need to talk about the current stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's discuss The Invisible Man. Yeah, so, well, I mean, where to start with this one? Obviously, I guess well, most I've got a question for you. Go, go for it. Is it going to be? Um, have I seen the original? No, it's not. <laughs> um, do you do you just hear the Ghostbusters song whenever you say "Invisible Man"? Or is that just no, me? no, that's no. just you. I don't even okay. get that reference. Do you need to explain? The bit, or the bit where like the Invisible Man sleeping in your bed. Who are you going to call? Mm, no, not ringing any bells. Every time, mate. Every time. <laughs> I'm sure everyone else is listening to this. Going, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just saying what the people are thinking. Fair enough. That's all. That's all. That's what you're on here for. Yeah. Um, What's your What's your valid point? (laughs) Um. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not even. I mean, it's just the only place to start. Really, is that obviously this is an original property from the 1930s, um, Mm. which I have to imagine that neither of us have too much of background on. Um, I've not seen it. Yeah, like I'm aware of those that era. I've of seen horror. the guy in bandages with the glasses yeah. on. Yeah, I was going to say we're all aware of that, and um, you know, the, a lot of those... the Metallica video. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the classic <clears throat> monster movies. Like I've seen clips of those, but I honestly don't think I've sat down and watched any of those. Whether it's Frankenstein, um, Dracula, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Um, Dr- Dracula is the one that I'm kind of like I should probably watch that. But um... this one, this one always fascinated me quite a bit because. Um obviously just like the way that they pulled off an invisible man in 1930 (laughs) fascinates me because obviously like I've seen clips and that, and I wonder what it looks like. I've seen more stills. Should I say, I wonder Mm. what it looks like actually watching the film. Like, is it that you can literally see him step up, like have a mirror shoved up in front of his face or like, you know, how do they, I would just like to see that side of it because it kind of, the stills and the the, the little bits of footage I've seen, it, it it doesn't look, you know, terrible. Hmm. And oh so yeah, it's a it fascinating thing. Me. Like when you start to dig deep into that sort of stuff from mm. from that era of filmmaking, it's fascinating because mm. my god, I mean, film was like only a few years old at that point, and so mm. people that were making this sort of stuff were literally reinvent, like they were creating the rule book essentially. Um, mm. So it is always fascinating to watch that. But yeah, I, I guess the other aside is that um, I guess there was a quasi remake of The Invisible Man, and I'm guessing they just didn't have the license um, in the form of Hollow Man um which is obviously the pretty much the exact same premise of you know a guy that goes invisible um Mm. and i really like that movie like i don't know what the general consensus of it is nowadays um especially because i have my own opinions on kevin bacon um in the current world but uh like back then i loved it it was definitely one of those ones that i remember renting multiple times on video and i really really dug it like it proper freaked me out just that concept and i love the use of like you know you throw the paint on the floor to make sure he's not stepping oh they they did did, like all of those things didn't they they did that Mm. weird thing where they put like um they made like a latex suit for him didn't they right yeah so they could see weird face mask that was this latex mask that had no eyes and like There was just so many freaky things about that movie. Like, mm. honestly, like, um, after watching The Invisible Man, I did start thinking about Hollow Man. I was like, yeah. I kind of want to go watch Hollow Man. Definitely. Um, but I didn't, I just didn't know whether I should do it to myself. Like, will it actually, <laughs> will, I, will I like it as much as it was in my mind? But yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, for sure. So I think that that's my only background on this movie, I guess, is that like I loved that, and I, but I've never seen the actual property of what this is based upon. And no. then obviously going into this, I had done a really good job of avoiding the trailers. Mm. I don't know how well you like whether you wanted to see them or not. Um, because like I remember them kind of being on. Obviously, we go to the cinema a lot, so you kind of see them there. But yeah. I'm never really paying attention. And I've I've watched the trailers after watching this movie. And let me tell you, I am so glad that I didn't really watch the any spoilers. Did it, did we not did we not say an article that that said this? Was there not oh, an article that went around? That was I it think one of the ones that said like avoid it because it's spoiling? Yes, sort of I thing, thought right? there was because I I made a point when we've been in the cinema to put my headphones in when this trailer's been playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had not seen the trailer, nor have I seen it now. So yeah, yeah, you should definitely watch them now, yeah. uh, having seen the movie. But yeah, for <laughs> other people, do not watch this trailer. Obviously, this is late. Mm. Um, but like about five or six of my favorite moments in this entire movie is in really? that trailer. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> which um, is unreal. and again it just solidified for me why i'm avoiding the quiet place trailer like yeah. again you never know because obviously we've seen Candyman, so maybe i've seen all the best bits of Candyman. but yeah you just, you it's just hard to tell like you just got to pick and choose your battles haven't you yeah definitely um but yeah i guess jumping into this movie invisible man mm. 2020 um Starring kind of most uh, notab- notably Elizabeth uh, Moss, who's yeah. kind of our lead Cecilia. Um, and we kind of... The, the movie starts in a real interesting place, really. Mm. In a place that I wasn't expecting it to. No. In that the movie just chucks you in. Basically, on uh, Cecilia is in a relationship with a guy called Adrian Griffin, who is essentially... Um, a millionaire that's kind of made his money through he's he's some sort of techie guy isn't he just kind of like like yeah and and um basically he has this super kind of plush mansion on like the kind of like edge of uh cliff top is it kind of like yeah, that overlooks is, the beach yeah. the house is insane <laughs> yeah and when she's of... when she's in that initial like sequence and as she's like i'm so interested in and we'll get into it obviously but i'm so yeah. interested in what's going on but i couldn't help but just look at this house yeah i, know, I was like this is incredible <laughs> i was like man that view just check out that view <laughs> yeah i was like this but, is where um, all the budget went then <laughs> yeah and um yeah we, basically the movie starts with elizabeth moss in bed with um so cecilia in bed with adrian mm-hmm. and she it's three o'clock in the morning and she is basically she gets out of bed and start she's planned her escape and this is her enforcing her escape and she's instantly you can tell she's terrified of adrian and kind of as the movie unpacks we understand why um and it's just like it starts at this frantic pace where it just started and i'm like okay she's in trouble like she's trying to get out of the house jesus christ and just like it's so frantic and you just have like this instant kind of um cat and mouse tension where she's kind of got the um cctv on her phone of Mm. the bedroom and she's constantly watching that whilst trying to get out of this giant house and and kind of get her stuff and do her escape and the amount of time she didn't look at her phone for like 20 seconds and i'm like check your phone (laughs) check your phone cecilia what are you doing um, and then, yeah, the, the movie kind of picks up from that opening scene. Her, um, I guess, like, I didn't know any of this going in. Yeah. So I, 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 I can only really let me interject and say that I can tell that you're trying to be careful of spoilers, which is yeah. great. But I that entire opening to... scene is in the trailer. So, yeah, you, you and, know, and you I can think say I've that. got to get into, like, what the crux of this movie is, which is yeah. basically, yeah, Cecilia we, is. Um, Adrian is abusive towards her and that's why she's left. And mm-hmm. we, we join her in hiding, um, staying at her sister's friend's house. Yeah. Um, who's kind of a single parent with his daughter, teenage daughter, yeah, he's a police officer um, well. and a police officer. Yeah. And she's staying there. She's in complete hiding. She um, won't leave the house and she's just kind of terrified that Adrian is going to find her. And, um, Cecilia's sister visits the house against Celia's kind of wishes and reveals that Adrian has committed suicide and that she no longer needs to worry and um, that, you know, she can move on with her life. And Mm. we join her, you know, very very early on with the movie. She is now trying to get over this abuse. And um, that in itself to me was fascinating. I thought it was portrayed, you know, very tactfully and very well and kind of very genuinely of this character that... 
even though she knows that Adrian has committed suicide, she still just, it's not an instant recovery. You know, no. and some of these movies kind of do that where they flick the switch and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, buzzing. And it's like, no, she is still a victim and she is still getting over this, like, uh, you know, whatever. They don't overly specify what happens to her. They do go into it a bit, but it's mm-hmm. just that, you know, he is this super controlling, will not let her leave. Um, and later on in the movie, they, they get into the fact that he is just manipulative with the way he talks. What was the great line they said that he he kind of shuts you down from what you were thinking before you even say it or almost before you know what you're thinking he can, he will kind of shut you down and, and be yeah without even saying a word he can yeah. like control you essentially yeah something like that yeah and so it's her kind of dealing with that and then kind of as the movie progresses she starts to become more and more suspicious that all is not what it seems and kind of there are signs that someone is still messing from her and kind of um there are kind of things in the house that move. There are kind of um, messages that she gets that kind of would only be something from Adrian and stuff like that, where she's starting to think like, what is going on and what happened with Adrian and kind of, you know, who the hell is messing with me? And it kind of starts to play into more of the invisible man theme of the movie um, Mm. from there, really. I don't really think it needs that more of a synopsis. I think we will deep dive more into things, um, but that's essentially the setup. Um, and yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to go from there, or do you think we need any more of a synopsis? I think that kind of no, covers things. No, like because for yeah, for people that don't know, you would assume that like even based upon the posters, okay, it's about a woman being stalked by an invisible man, and so that mm. is the very basic premise. And then yeah, you've mm. given the background of here's why. Yeah, here, here is, is this, what here is, is the, the story behind it. Yeah, um, which and even delving into that as I go into my thoughts on this movie it is brilliant. Like it's such a genius way of making this immediately feel grounded. And I actually care about what's going on because ultimately it is a bit of a silly premise. And this thing that that was, you know, 80 years old at this point, it's very hard to make audience goers now believe something like this. Why is there an invisible man? The first thing that pops into my head is the Ghostbusters song. (laughs) Um, To move on from that, um, you know, know, why is there an invisible man? Mm. But also why her? Because mm. in so many of these movies, this is a this is a, a problem that all of these have that is not written well, which is why them, why this person? And mm-hmm. I think this movie immediately sets that up well of it's this relationship, it's this this uh he's trying Obsession. to exude, yeah, he's mm. trying to exude control over her, he's trying to recapture her, you know, as a partner and all of that stuff. And so it immediately has weight to it, which I think mm. if it was just has someone who's, Oh, I might be stalked by some invisible entity, but for no reason of, of what I care. And for no reason of what, what, the, what they care. It's just two random people chucked together. Like, no, there's a reason for everything that's happening, which I think immediately gives weight to like every scene from the get go. Um, and yeah, like that, that opening scene is so incredible. And again, like it's disappointing so that, they, that they showed it in the trailer, but it's cool. Cause I can talk about it more in depth, but like, yeah, like, <laughs> Like, I, I didn't know that this was going to be how this movie opens. It's like, I've not seen anything like this since A Quiet Place, which was kind of like immediately grabs you as an audience viewer and has to be like, right, everyone shut the hell up. This movie yeah. has begun a hundred miles an hour immediately. And if you're not going to, you know, invest your time in this movie that we watched, just, just leave now. Like there's the door. Yeah. Like, because within five minutes, you need to care about what's going on in this movie, um, which is exactly what a quiet place done. And, and the other thing that I think is really similar to that movie is 
the use of sound in not only this this opening scene but in the movie throughout is incredible and it's something that is so overlooked in horror and mm -hmm. people always talk about it all the time about how like important sound is and of course it is and many people will say that but ultimately the amount of movies that we watch for the show we see time and time again people just forget that and yeah. they genuinely don't care about the sounds of the actual movie whereas this is this is going to be first and foremost a visual movie because the entire thing about it is the invisible man but they actually make that way more interesting through the use of sound throughout the entire movie where mm. i actually think the sound is way more interesting than any of the visuals throughout the whole movie um and in this first scene in particular i mean it's so quiet you want to hold your breath she's like literally sneaking around on tiptoes not wanting to make a sound and the, the first time you hear this loud sound when she just kicks into this dog food bowl. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. That made me jump so yeah. much. Like, probably more than I've jumped anything all year. Yeah. Or for a long time. Like, I... Mm. I, I I proper jumped from it. It was like well, it, it was, was just so well done because yeah, I didn't see it coming either. Because you're kind of like looking at her face and you're yeah, looking about I like has he woken up? She's got this. Yeah, <laughs> and then you hear this, and then like, the second you hear it, you're like, "What the hell? Did someone just get shot? Did a gun go yeah. off?" And then it's just this dog bowl that slides, and you're like, "Oh no!" And then you're just kind of again, you go in that tense mood, like in a quiet place when you're like, "Did did they hear it? Did the monster hear it?" You know, because he is the monster. Mm. And um, and again, I think that also goes like. God, there's so much to talk about in this movie. It was so uh... difficult to know whether, because like watching this movie throughout, like when you touch upon sound, mm. I wasn't sure whether it was the, had they like turned up the audio in the cinema yeah. we were in or were we in a different screening or was it the fact that it goes from so quiet to so loud? Because mm. there are certain moments where, yeah, the sound just gave me, it went through me and gave yeah. me shivers and it wasn't in like a, it wasn't in this jump scary. Obviously, like what we've just described there was a jump scare, effectively, yeah. um, but a well played one. Um, but but there were moments throughout the movie where, because obviously, um, when we get into the latter parts of this movie, you know, mm. there's an invisible man, like, and that is kind of funny. And like, how do you show like people? dealing with an invisible man without it kind of looking a bit weird and funny mm. um you know it's kind of like um very difficult to do and the way they kind of sorted that was with the sound where this sound was just so intense and so terrifying that if you'd have the funniest thing on the world on screen my mm. skin would have still been like crawling and like I, my insides would have been going like and, and it wasn't in this kind of just loud noise in your face it was just this loud intense music that really helped elevate the scene to to stop the on screen it could have been perceived as a bit kind of um you know over the top you know there are sometimes characters that kind of throw themselves around a bit with nothing touching them mm. um and it's kind of like you know that and kind of like you know that is something that nightmare on elm street did so well back in the day you you know you remember that first kind of nightmare scene um, when um, Nancy's friend is getting thrown around the room and the the kind of knives appear on her chest and that and like that scene her being thrown around by the invisible force and then like landing up on the ceiling and stuff could have been silly mm. but it was the way it was shot and the sound that made it terrifying and like this movie does that with these silly scenes as well.
or potentially yeah, silly scenes. Like, like later on, those those scenes, I agree with you, where it, it is very hard to walk that line. And, and I think yeah. overall, I think a movie like this in general, I think is ridiculously hard to pull off for, the, for those yeah. reasons that you've said, because you have characters that are reacting to literally nothing. Yeah. And then also another main thing is our lead character for most of the movie, like a, at least 85% of her scenes, she's on her own. Yeah. And um, I think that... You know, for, for me personally, I was I was safe in the knowledge with Elizabeth Moss because from yeah. from what she does with Han, in Handmaid's Tale, um, she, there's a lot of scenes of her just reacting to stuff. There's a lot of voiceover, and it's a lot of her kind of looking at the camera intently. And so I kind of knew that she had this in her locker. And you know, for, it's it's genius from whoever did the casting, whether it was Lee or someone else involved in this movie. But this is one of those movies where you're like, man, if you didn't have an mm. actress that was capable of this sort of range pretty much even though there's an there's a there's a whole plethora of things that this movie does well that we're going to talk about yeah but i don't think it would have all come together as well were it not no. for such a strong lead performance this, like you say this movie 80 percent revolves around her and she has to be believable as many different things mm. um you know th- this victim this strong person this um likable person you know and all of these different things and she smashes all of them she she plays the scale of kind of like absolutely intense and insane and like very kind of you know calm and and analytical with it and it's just kind Mm. of everything like she blew me away in this movie like she is already the standout performance of this year because of this movie yeah, definitely. Like we've not seen a lead performance like this in a very long time, and nice. it was it was awesome to see that kind of like because yeah, a- again, similar to what we mentioned with Yaya actually, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. In you know, she was in us in an incredibly mm-hmm. small role, and I remember kind of like you know being super happy to just see her on screen on the big screen, mm-hmm. being a fan of her TV work. But then yeah, her role was so small that it was ultimately a bit disappointing. And yeah, similar with Yaya again, like he's in that movie in a small role, and I hope that we're going to say the same things post that movie after this mm-hmm. um but yeah like from that from pretty much from that opening scene on i was hooked like i was i was invested in this character yeah. um they did uh that scene so well like it's so tense and again because they ruined it in the trailer but the fact that she pulls up to this car and then she's waiting and then she kind of puts her bag they show in that in the trailer do they yeah wow. they show all of it because that scene was intense yeah like, and then and then like when, when she, she shuts the door the and she's like you're like you're like yeah. please just drive away and she's like what's up what's up and the way it's shot where he just comes out and he's like boom smacks through the mm. glass and i was like oh my god like that it was just incredible like it was one of yeah. the best opening scenes we've seen for so long like it really set the tone and then like yeah, yeah. once the movie does start to calm down i was like thank christ for that because mm. i needed a minute to breathe and you don't get much in this movie like this is a movie that he wants to put his foot on your neck yeah. and not ease up for pretty much the entire two-hour runtime really yeah um, i was gonna say very early on we got to the scene where we get the confrontation between the two yeah, what, him as invisible, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And we get that confrontation and it becomes this cat and mouse thriller movie mm. for pretty much like an hour. Normally, yeah. you know, you, you think of like a traditional, you know, let's just think of Scream and, you know, the traditional kind of, you know, slasher mm. movie. You get that scene of the killer chasing the victim for like two minutes and even yeah. the victim gets away or the victim dies. <laughs> this just goes on for so long, but mm. in, in a completely positive way that's just yeah. like... I, my hands were getting sweaty, like mm. watching this movie. And that really happens to me in the cinema. Like I don't tend to get affected that way, but I think it is that use of sound and everything. And just the way that it amps it up that, yeah, like I couldn't, 
blink and i was also yeah just so tense and kind of mm. like in it and i yeah. think and, and that's the thing as well i was in it like i everything that um cecilia did i believed that she was doing exactly what i would do in that situation and yeah. when she makes her mistakes and kind of you know at points when you know she is basically saying there's an invisible man trying to trying to fuck with her and mm. like mess with her and torment her and i'm like how crazy is that for the outside world to uh understand and but but then like and i'm like oh i would have tried to been clever and like explain it differently but then like as things go on i'm like no i would have just been like that and people would have thought i was a crazy person yeah Cause it, and, and that's you know what we touched upon recently with these movies when they put you in a situation that's believable not this situation where like the character's being dumb like they've they've done a dumb thing to get himself in this scenario she did exactly what a normal person would do to be in this scenario yeah and what I loved as well is everyone around her reacts the way they should, which yeah. is the, like, no one believes her. You know, no. they're kind of like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, Listen, like, you understand the stress that you're going through right now because mm-hmm. you've gone through so many traumatic events and we're trying to help you. But also we kind of need to be firm and be like, we can't um, entertain these silly ideas. We have yeah. to be like, look, I'm there for you. But also, he's dead. There's not an mm. invisible... He's not invisible stalking you. It's over. Um, and so I love that aspect of it as well. So I think all of the characters really play their role, like including the police officer again. Like, yeah. of course, something that I've been calling out for, it kind of ties into the dumb police thing. But I also like the fact of make a police officer an actual character in your movie, not yeah. just a, we have to tick this box because otherwise, why the hell are the police not in- get involved? And yeah. so like, he is that, that kind of, there's a reason why throughout the entire movie, you're not shouting at the screen. Why are there no police in this universe? Because she's literally living with a police officer and mm. like, and, and has told him all the stuff that she should tell a police officer. And he's reacted the way he should react as a police officer. Yeah. Um, so all of that stuff is brilliant. And yeah, like pretty much throughout like, I have so many, or not so many, I have like pretty much one minor gripe with this movie towards the end. Other than that, I kind of love everything about it. And it kind of makes a, I guess, a less nuanced review to just say I loved everything, but I did. Like, there's a reason why I brought up A Quiet Place was because, yeah, I I agree with what you said about the tenseness is that I've not felt an overwhelming sense of tenseness for a whole movie since that movie. And it's for the reason that you said I was invested. From that first scene, I needed to know what the hell was going on. I didn't really care why he was invisible it was cool to see that but it was more like damn i want to see what cecilia's journey is and how she gets out of this yeah how she she got out of this with this yeah yeah so all that stuff i just loved and yeah we'll get into it a bit more i I definitely want to also talk about another actor who's in this oliver jackson cohen Mm -hmm. um who's not in it as much and it will be a little bit spoilery to talk about it but he is incredible in this movie and obviously i was a huge fan of him in hill house where Mm. he just like was he was the best male actor in that for me. Yeah. And um, I just thought he was incredible. Like him and Nelly were just the two standouts for me by far. Oh, um, definitely. And, and so I was super see excited. Him, see them both go on and do good things. Yes, it's incredible. And um, yeah, we'll get into more what, <clears throat> what his actual role in this movie is because outside of obviously playing an invisible man, we do get to see his face, of course, in mm-hmm. that opening scene and in other scenes, which we'll get to. Um, but he's, he's in the movie a small amount, but every scene he knocks it out of the park for me. I think he is. Yeah. It's an incredible difficult character because of what we've discussed mm. he is literally the abuser in a, an abusive relationship um and i guess yeah it's gonna be hard to talk about his nuanced performance without going into spoilers but i mean yeah. overall this movie i think i think we just awesome. need to give him the nod more than anything like that he was that <laughs> fantastic you know and and the little he was in he was you know fantastic yeah well what i will um, say then if we obviously if we won't come back to it is that he 
actually as an actor because he in hill house he played a drug addict and for me personally mm -hmm. that's a character that i just switch off from immediately and yeah. um we i both never said that like when we when we reviewed the show like normally yeah. we hate that sort of character yeah and the fact that he was able to get, like pull empathy and sympathy from me was incredible uh, and i knew that was from the actor's performance yeah. and so going into this again he's one of these guys where they're kind of like right you're going to be this absolute piece of shit abuser in this relationship mm. um but you're not just going to be this like cartoon villain you need to ultimately feel like a real person in the real world and mm. there are bad people that are able to be come across as likable at times you know yeah. you don't you don't get a relationship and be a loving partner no. by being he, a he scumbag was, from day he one was ted bundy yeah you know? exactly like and so that is a reality of the world that mm. you're not just evil to the core and that's it there is levels to this stuff and i think his performance to be able to in these brief moments when we see him see these little moments of charm and little moments of sympathy and then ultimately we know what actual the character is and we're obviously going to feel a certain way about him because we shouldn't like mm. someone like that but i just think his performance adds so much more to this where if this was a movie that was just okay he would have just been the most generic bad guy ever he would have just yeah. been generic boyfriend bad guy number 1000 and he doesn't yeah. play it that way at all so I, yeah i think that's worth noting for sure um definitely definitely but yeah what did you think overall i'm assuming you like this one yeah, I I absolutely love this movie, man. Like, but it was really, refreshing, wasn't it, coming out of this one and being like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is why we do this show." <laughs> it really, it really blew me away. This movie because um, I was buzzed for it. Obviously, Lee Winnell made the best movie of the last few years <laughs> in Upgrade. Um, Good movie, you know. Obviously, we are crazy Saw fanboys, and he are we started all of that. Um, <laughs> just just look at our um, our episode list, um, or, or any of our podcasts this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so this guy has done a lot of stuff. I can't say I'm a big Specs fan, um, but um, you know that aside, uh, love some we Lee Winnell. Yeah, um, and. And yeah, so I was I was pretty buzzed for this movie going into it and kind of like in avoiding the trailers, I got to the point where I was like, I don't really know why I'm buzzed for this movie other than mm. it's Lee Winnell, because this shouldn't work. It shouldn't be good. Yeah. And I was nervous that I was hyped for something that's probably not going to be that great. And then like the opening scene of this movie happened and I was just like, this is just not what I was expecting. And I absolutely love it. Um I think kind of, especially in like the, the recent kind of, um, you know, kind of political climate we're in, having like this movie that centers around this um, female lead that's this victim of abuse is very difficult to pull off in a genuine way. Mm. Um, it's very difficult to, to not do it and make it seem like you're either trying to make a super political statement or trying to cash in on the political climate. Um, and I don't think this movie does either. This movie just had a very serious story to tell about this, um, you know, situation that some people find themselves in. And um, it, it wasn't being kind of, it wasn't being made because of any other agenda other than that. Um, and it, it completely smashed everything it was trying to achieve. I think this movie has two minor criticisms. The, the first is you have to believe the world they've put you in. Mm. the um the whole invisible man thing it can it like i, I feel like it, it can and will put people off because it yeah. is out there 
So you have to, you know, it's like a Black Mirror episode. You have to believe the world that they set you in and the rules that they've set and that this guy is invisible. If if you can believe that. Um, and I also respect the fact that the movie doesn't go into it um, in great detail. They're just like, believe it or don't. Like, yeah. this is the story we're telling. He has done this. Believe it or not. And um, I respect that instead of trying to go into it loads. So I think that's that's number one. And number two was, and I don't think this is spoilery, but I... I think the movie was reasonably safe towards the end. I think mm. it, um, it it did kind of, it was very satisfying, very satisfying. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. And I don't know yeah. whether everyone would feel that way going in, but like you said something to me in the cinema and kind of like, you know, there was a few things like that where we were just like, can kind of see where this is going to go. But the yeah. ride was so fantastic and the execution was still exquisite. It just wasn't anything... Yeah, it, it didn't suddenly give me like this twist or anything like that. Not that you need that, but it, it was quite safe if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. So I think they're the only two criticisms, which I think are quite minor mm. because, you know, safety aside, they, they nailed the story and they nailed the ending. Um, so, yeah, and I, I just absolutely loved it. Like when when the credits rolled, I just kind of took a took a kind of lean back in my chair for the first time for the entire running of the film and was just like this is this is why we do the podcast and this is why we kind of um believe in cinema horror and and mm. kind of you know not just trying to seek out these crazy things but like there are there's good shit that's been put on a cinema that's filling screens and it's still <laughs> true horror and truly great mm. um and we yeah like you've kind of touched upon it when we say about um when you say about quiet place i'd say there are three movies that we have seen for the podcast thus far that i have sat there and i've just been tense and um unable to kind of i don't want to make a noise i don't want to move and i felt kind of like sweaty palms throughout um mm. and i think you can probably guess the three um <laughs> obviously you know quiet place this and don't breathe yeah um were the three that did that for me and two of those movies were our movies of the year um (laughs) so like obviously like you know this movie right now is a standout who knows what it will be later on but this this will definitely be talked about throughout the entire year for us yeah um you know i don't i don't quite think it's probably in that category but in terms of like the experience it is because it it just super like I say it just super kept me along for the ride. So it's you know it, it's in good company, man. Yeah, I would say like I mean again no guarantees with the show, of course. But um, I would be very shocked if this didn't make a top ten, mm. um, for sure. But then also I adored this movie, but I'm not sure it's my favorite movie we've seen this year. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's difficult to get into that right now. Yeah, like I say, that's why kind of when I put it in the category of those three, that is mm. very complimentary and i don't oh, no, I would 100 percent agree it, with that as well yeah i don't think it quite falls into that three as a whole super horror bros kind of review kind of everything else but in terms of that yeah. cinema experience definitely you know even seeing something like hereditary and uh, not hereditary um midsummer midsummer yeah um that completely blew me away there were times where like you can relax and there are you know, seeing the, you know, you, it's just like the, the whole well, the pacing. Yeah, well. and the comedic relief. Whereas this movie is just this kind of real tense experience that you don't want every week, nor nor do you want Midsummer every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you get them, my God, they're fantastic. And like, yeah. yeah, I just had a great time. Like, and I think 
with with what we've touched upon um this movie at times does look fantastic it was shot so well um the use of the kind of um at times it felt like a paranormal activity movie for me because Mm. i was just constantly looking at the fucking background I was just constantly like, when's something going to move? Like, when's a door going to open? When's some, when is something going to, like, lift up behind a character? I honestly was just constantly looking at the background of the movie. And I haven't done that since a Paranormal Activity film. Well, I thought that was, like, the opening scene in particular must have been a nod. Because she sets up the camera, mm. which she then has on her phone, which yeah. looks very similar to Paranormal Activity. But then also, in that scene, there's, like, an L-shaped corridor. And where's the camera situated? Oh, showing the corridor. Yeah. And then it slowly pans across to then show the other end of this L corridor. And that's yeah. that's pulled, obviously, straight from, I believe, the third Paranormal Activity movie. Yeah. With, like, the oscillating fan shot, which everyone loves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think those moments like that, where I was like, I think Lee is 100% like kind of like showing his homage to those movies in those open scenes mm. for sure it feels that way because there are prolonged scenes where a character leaves the room and the scene does not end and yeah. we're just left in a room and so cool like oh my god and just that tension and yeah this movie is just pure tension like mm. honestly it was so good yeah definitely there um there was a few things that you said that I want to pick up on there. You said that obviously um, it's great to see these like truly horror movies at the at the mm. cinema. And I think that that is definitely worth noting that this is a hun- unabashedly a horror film. Yeah. Um, it's not any other bullshit genre. There is violence in this movie for people that want to know that. And it is really, really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, obviously without going into spoilers, but we have certain categories uh, for our end of stuff where I think this movie is going to do very well. Jesus Christ, because yeah it takes so many boxes in terms of like a shocking <laughs> use of violence we talked about it last week with the boy too where there was a couple of moments where i really wanted them to just like you know um throw mm. off the chains and just go all in and they were so afraid to do that and this movie i mean lee winnell he's clearly not afraid to do that um mm. and that was so refreshing to see with such a highly produced movie as well which we'll get into the budget which was minuscule for this movie as well um, yeah i was interested look about that, that because obviously it's um, a blumhouse and yeah but then i kind of the way this looks and just like yeah. it's got cast and, and like, mm. like good cast and everything else like i really thought this movie was pricey so i'll be interested about that yeah well it was a smaller budget but um mm. yeah so like the fact that it's got all that going for it but then it's like okay now we've got like actors that you know and we're creating a real drama in terms of the story of like heavy issues that we've touched upon but then also what so many of these like awesome drama quasi horror movies are afraid to do is actually go all in on the horror stuff and he's like mm. nah like here are some incredible uses of horror here is some actual like action sequences in this movie which is awesome and mm-hmm. Those scenes are pulled straight from Upgrade, um, the way he uses the camera yeah, in are. ways that I've not really seen anyone else use. Like, if you liked that movie for those moments when the camera's spinning around, obviously, because our character's, like, not in control of his body, he uses those same camera tricks in this movie. And obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm way more in on the concept of this movie with The Invisible Man, so it worked even better for me. Um, but it, but it, you have to give props to Upgrade, because that's where that stuff was kind of formed, and now he's taken that from that movie and used it here as well. Can you just... Um, can you just say that again please <laughs> no you had it the first time um <laughs> i love like the narrative that i apparently don't like upgrade as well <laughs> like one day i'm gonna meet someone and they're gonna be like why didn't you like upgrade and i'm why like i upgrade? liked it i just didn't think it was the greatest thing ever made <laughs> um, whatever man if you hate upgrade that's fine like you can be a hater 
Like, I just love this one. You, know, you can jump on the Lee Winnell bandwagon now. <laughs> oh, I'm so late to it. Oh, no, God damn it. I wonder if he's done anything else interesting. Um, yeah, you should look it up, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, and I agree with you that there, it does, unf- like, again, a, a only minor gripe is that it is pretty play by numbers towards the yeah. end. Um, I would say overall in the movie, there's kind of three big moments where they try and give you a reveal, quote unquote. And I think the, um, the first one, I think, is Telegraph, really, obviously. I think the second one was more kind of shocking but it wasn't i didn't really like it's hard to describe i didn't care too much for it but i was like oh okay that just wasn't something that i thought about in this world um which i thought was like an interesting thing and then it's kind of the conclusion of the finale and how the movie wraps up is then this other reveal um which again i think is ridiculously obvious because there's kind of this big thing that's revealed in the movie and and in the back of my mind i'm like when's that going to come back and of course it comes back in that final scene yeah and then, and then the, the my only scene i don't like in the movie is the scene after the conclusion where they really have to spell it out for the audience in case you haven't worked out what's just happened they're kind of like hey remember that thing that we did earlier we've now brought that back in an interesting way and i'm kind of like yeah i mm. got that like you didn't need to show me this specific thing really obviously no, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> so very difficult for you to skirt around but i know what you mean yeah so yeah. like that that scene was a little bit i was kind of like, oh okay and then the movie ended and i was like yeah it ended where i thought it was gonna end but it, i agree mm. with you it was the journey was so powerful that um yeah. that's one of the ways in which a quiet place is superior is because the journey was incredible but the way you go in the finale i did not see coming and it no. has such impactful moments at the end where i was like mm. fucking hell like it just floored me whereas this was like this really awesome journey that i really cared about this character that ended in the way i saw coming 20 minutes earlier i feel um, like if it doesn't end this way for that character though like you're yeah. with her for so long you want there to be an element of like redemption and mm. something to her and this resolution for her yeah so you know and, and also i respect the fact that you know it's not trying to leave anything open there, there, mm. you know there's a really nice bow tied on the end of this it was the bow i expected but it's also when i was halfway through the movie it's the bow i wanted it's the bow i wanted to get to and what yeah. the character deserved and like you know it was just it you know for me um you know, like you touched upon there, the horror and kind of the scene, some of the scenes of violence that happen into this, like they, they were all so effective and well done. And like, you know, you've, you, you spoke about the upgrade influences and everything else, but it really does show. And like Lee Winnell, like he really is a talent that, um, has not done as much as I wish he had, could, mm. like, um, wish he, you know, could have done because, you know, he's been around for a long while and kind of in terms of kind of, you know, director, he's literally done, what, three films? Yeah. And kind of um, two of them are bangers. And, like, <laughs> um, you know, even, like, right inside, you know, he's not done, like, crazy stuff, like, mm. a, a lot of stuff. Because even, like, I feel like his writing credits are probably boosted just by Saw. Yeah, it was just the first three um, Saw movies. No, but, I mean, like, I'm sure, like, he has got... Oh, yeah, well, he'll, he'll get story credit for the other ones, but yeah, he actually exactly. he did actually write the first three Saw movies. Yeah, yeah which is just fantastic in itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I just think like, oh, I just want this guy to do more now. And I feel like now he's got his legs as a director. Um, I really hope that he kind of keeps, keeps putting the stuff out now. Cause he's another name now that like the second he announces a project, like I'm going to be buzzed. Like I really feel like we're in this era of these mm. horror directors again that we've, yeah. we've not There's like known a dozen like horror since, auteurs around right now. Yeah, you know, we haven't known since like the like you know eighties where it was kind of like oh mm. we're getting Romero, Carpenter, Craven, like all of these guys like churning stuff out, and now suddenly yeah. you know we've we've got these names again, and like mm. um, yeah, it's it's so exciting. 
I think he that is. was what we needed as well. When people talk about this hot, the lull in horror, and mm. there definitely was a lull for sure, and there definitely was obviously great stuff being made, mm. of course. But I think the biggest difference and why we were so lucky with when we started this show was that yeah. that to me is the story of if you had to name what's going on in horror now, no, I would say it's the rise of the horror auteur once again. Yeah. And that is what made that 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 boom for horror so strong was all those names that you said. Mm. Yes, nowadays I would say it's stronger than it's ever been when you're looking at Flanagan, Asker, Asta. Uh, Peel, you know, Lee Winnell, yeah. James Wan, all of these guys. Yeah, there's exactly. just so many people making sick horror movies right now that are genuinely the best at making films and they just happen to make horror movies. And that's the best thing was that that was yeah. the exact same way with Carpenter. That was, was the exact same say, way with Romero. At, you look at Carpenter and he's, he's widely, uh, widely considered like one of the best filmmakers of his time. Cronenberg um, yeah. and people like that, you know, and mm. it's kind of like they were visionaries in filmmaking and they were making horror movies. Yeah. And that's what, you know, Peel and like you say, the names you just mentioned are, are doing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you've got, you know, like like I say, like Lee Winnell now, like I just can't wait for his next project, everything he does. Yeah, well, obviously thinking about the future, um, and I agree with you with the end of this movie, like I did like that there was finality to it. There was mm-hmm. no, here's your fake jump scare to set up a potential sequel yeah. or any of that bullshit. It was very much like, here's the ending to this movie, the end, the movie's over, hope you had a good time. Yeah. And um, But there is a couple of threads that open this to a potential sequel, two important things, I think, going forward. Um, what would you think about that? Like, obviously we've just come off the back of this, and we're just talking about how excited you are for the future of Lee. Yeah. Do you, is, is it like are you open to all suggestions do you 100 percent want something new do you definitely want to see more of this like what what would you want from the future obviously something i know it's difficult yeah i definitely don't want a sequel to this yeah i um you know i i love this as a story and you know um i don't think um it, there's nothing for me there, there's nothing left in this that that was left open-ended for me that does need to be resolved um and i'm sure that there there are things that could be like used to kind of continue things on but for me personally i thought this was a, just a fantastic one off movie the way that i just feel like a lot of these movies should be mm. you know and there there are some things that you know are nice to get franchises and sequels out of and but i kind of feel like even the genre has kind of it, it's starting to try and move away from that um Hmm, you I'm look at sure even <laughs> a little bit though because you even look at like these sequels that come out and people are scared to put a number on things these days mm. um in a, in a lot of like even in in the video game world and and in the in the film world you know it's a case of blah 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 colon whatever because we want to use some cachet but we don't want to be seen to be this sequelization you know it's it's um you know part six of this movie or whatever you know and so i think like um if the the, you know it's getting those names out there and stuff now that like jordan peele is a name that doesn't it doesn't need to be um us too you know it can be the next jordan peele movie and i I hope that that kind of that tend that trend continues you know um you know we didn't we didn't need to see hereditary too you know we just got to see the next ari aster movie I agree with you in terms of what we want. Um, mm. And I think this is an interesting one because this is exactly what you've just described is that they pulled an old property, they yeah. brought it back, but they completely reinvented it. And the entire story of this one woman struggle to get out of this relationship, that's all brand new. Mm. Um, 
But to, to, to kind of um, disagree with what you're saying about how it seems like horror is getting away from that, I don't think it is because we are seeing A Quiet Place 2, which I think was a perfect movie. Um, they are trying to make Don't Breathe 2. I think that they are going to continue to... If a movie is a big success, they're going to make a sequel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's across the board, but I just don't feel like um, there's this, like, that's their complete driving force. There were so many movies that... For example, you know, like, well, you know, this movie we've just seen, the the Hollywood would have tried to get in there a little scene at the end to just set up a sequel, whereas films mm-hmm. are ending now and, like, with A Quiet Place, like, that movie, like, just moving on to that slightly, like, the, the ending of Quiet Place is fantastic, but 100% that world could be continued and it was something we spoke about and, like, continue that world like it's if they make an us too or they make you know if they do make don't breathe too that's when i have issues and Mm. yeah it's definitely not completely moving away from it but i do think that um as we start to get these names that are put on posters you know and like directors names that are put on the posters you know that's not something that we've seen for a while you know um there was that you know we basically for years it was like eli roth and rob zombie well, I was going to say, Eli and, was the one who, for like decades before, there wasn't anyone. And then yeah. he was the first guy when he came out when people were like, we will put his name front and center. We are mm. going to try and make him the thing that yeah, draws yeah. you into this new IP. And then everyone got terrified with M. Night, like after what happened with him. And like, mm. it hasn't been a case anymore. And I really do feel like um, names will be put on the posters. Directors' names will be put on the posters as opposed to like, you know, this is this is a sequel. It can be that... Um, lee winnell like directs x movie you know james wan directing a horror movie that is the buzz there's Mm. no there's no buzz about that being a sequel or a remake to any of his other franchises it's no james wan is back in horror and he's making a horror movie and everyone is like hell yes and that's that's all the headline needed to be and we definitely are but the the general public and audience is not that way at all like we're excited for malignant 99 percent of people have no idea what malignant is whereas if they made another country movie people know what that um, is that's the case with all of this pre-hype though where we're in like Mm. that that's that's the you know you know when we get into video games films tv whatever it is if you're not in that that minutiae little community you're always just going to see the trailer and then see if you're buzzed for it and yeah, yeah we'll be definitely. hyped for this movie for years um but but yeah it's just a good time man i i think so yeah for my own personal thoughts i agree with you like th- to me this is like almost near perfect and so mm-hmm. i don't want to see any more of this where no to me, cecilia's story is done like i can yeah. imagine what happens post this movie but to be honest i hope she just gets her shit together and lives a f- relatively normal life um yeah. you know it's not like oh i can't wait to see her next adventure um so from that aspect i agree with you but then yeah good to just look after a dog yeah um but like for the wider conversation just to end that with my thoughts like i do think that they're going to be way more like bloomhouse have signed this deal with or whatever with lee i think if you said to jason bloom right now would you much rather lee came up with a brand new idea in two years or would you much rather he made the invisible man two in two years i guarantee you which one jason would say yes Mm. to um and so i think it's really only the auteurs and the directors that are saying no to this shit like there's a reason why get out 2 doesn't exist because jordan peele doesn't want to make it um and they respect yeah but i think i think that's the point i'm getting to that the we've got voices in horror again we've got these directors that are strong enough where like mike Mm. flanagan can turn around and say what his next project is going to be and jordan peele 100 percent can and like he can where they have that power whereas 
there weren't those voices. There weren't those people. They were just they were they were just people behind the camera. So when these yeah. movies were coming out and they were successful, they were just saying to that person behind the camera, "Make a sequel, please." And that person 100%. was not able to say no. And I think mm. we've got that pushback. That Ari Aster can make whatever the hell he wants right now. Like, oh yeah, and I, I agree like, with you. He doesn't I hope need to that... make Midsummer too. And so as long as those auteurs are strong enough, then we will get out of it a bit. And I think like. Yeah, I don't disagree with your point, but I think that's where I'm coming at. That I think we we are on the, at this stage where it would have been guaranteed that these movies were having sequels beforehand, and I think now it's not, and and that's that's good for me. I agree with you that I think the one change I've seen recently is the fact that before it would happen, like take Saw for instance or anything like that, they'd be like, "This is a big hit, James. Do you want to make another one?" He'd say no, and they'd be like, "Okay, cool, right. So who are we making Saw two? That'd be the next part of the conversation." Mm. Whereas, yeah, I agree with you that now when they say, "Hey, Jordan, do you want to make Get Out two? and he's like, "Nah," and they're like, "Okay, cool," and that's yeah. it. They don't then say, "Right, which you know, dial up a director. Do we do we hire to make this movie?" Um, yeah, and I think that's so, because they turn around and say, "Okay, Jordan, what do you want to make?" Because yeah. we want Jordan more than we want Get Out two. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think they would love both. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, do... yeah, they one hundred percent would. Like, I'm yeah. not getting away from that. They definitely would. Because yeah, we'll continue to see like unnecessary sequels for sure. But um, yeah, oh, yeah. like we, um, we, have. we did have a we did have a question on this one actually before we kind of move away from mm-hmm. the Invisible Man. Um, so yeah, we do. Uh, of course, if you want to send us any questions, uh, you can go to. Uh, was it at SHB pod on Twitter? Um, and, uh, <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> um, I just got sidetracked by another tweet. Um, but yeah, we have oh, one from nice. Kat this week um, who says, uh, I really want to see uh, The Invisible Man as I love Lee Winnell's work, but the abusive relationship thing has me a little nervous. Um, does it make sense in context? Is the conclusion satisfying and worthwhile? Um, no spoilers, just wondering. Um, yeah, we pretty much covered most of this, I think. <laughs> um, hmm. So yeah, hopefully you have liked our answers. But yeah, for me personally, um, I would say that it does make sense within context. Obviously, I'm not an expert on this type of stuff. It's um, fortunately yeah. something that I've never had to experience. So I can't kind of talk from that angle because there are certain oh. things that we see in these movies where I have said stuff like, you know, the, a fair trigger warning. Like if this is something that you're infected by, you might want to avoid this one. Um, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say that for this one. Again, I could be wrong um but um i think that it is just they don't throw in an abusive relationship as an entertaining angle of this movie it is a real life grounded thing which is the driving factor of these real life people um and you may think if you've not seen this movie aren't you talking about a goddamn invisible man i am but that aspect is very different to the actual abusive relationship angle like that Mm. aspect could be in any drama that you see that is really well written and, and really well acted it just so happens that that's kind of the subplot slash setup for what then becomes this fantastical horror film um but i think he merged those two worlds together brilliantly i don't think he ever shied away from it it was never like that's the backstory of our character and now we've forgotten about that for the rest of the movie Mm. um i kind of felt that sympathy for her and and that will to want her to overcome that that um that that past trauma throughout the entire movie um so i would say that it is done well um do you have anything to add on that one or yeah, I think, I mean, I kind of answered that question as part yeah. of my review when I touched upon it because yeah. I feel like um, hearing that being put into a horror movie does make you kind of shudder a bit and go, oh boy. Yeah, like, like, is, is it going to be exploitative? Yeah, is it a cash-in or is it going to be exploitative? And I really don't think it's either. I really feel like this idea just came about and it and it's just coming out now when it's kind of a hot topic anyway. And I think mm. like... Um, like I say, it's very hard for us to touch upon it, having, you know, fortunate enough never to be in a situation like this, but I, it felt genuine and it mm. felt 
you know, and I think that comes from Elizabeth Moss. Like she really just, she portrayed it so well in this way that like she was strong and she was trying to deal with it, but also that emotional toll it takes. Like she looked like she'd gone through hell Mm. um, throughout most of this movie. And like um, that performance was so strong that made it feel super genuine for me. Like, um, you know, and so I, I do really think it was was handled for, for someone, you know, like like us that, that are just kind of like looking at this from the outside. It, it felt like it was handled in, in a tactful way. Um, yeah, it, it didn't feel like it was just trying to catch in on something, which, yeah, is, which is what what it needs to do, you know. And obviously, is the conclusion satisfying and worthwhile? Um, yeah, again, I think we kind of gave our thoughts, but I would say that it's satisfying. Um, again, obviously, a, a small note for us both was that it felt kind of predetermined. Yeah. Um, but but also, I want to say that I would much rather it was that than these kind of filmmakers that try and subvert expectations just for exactly. the sake of it and try and yeah. be like, oh, you weren't expecting this, was you? Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, yeah, but the thing you gave me is bullshit. And they're like, yeah, but you didn't see it coming. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, yeah. like, I'd much rather be like, I was switched on to this movie in a way that, yes, I probably did see it laid out in front of me, but that was only because I was so invested with what they were showing me and was but so also, switched on. Like, because I kind of, I raised it as a negative point and I wasn't sure whether to or not because it kind mm. of, you know, I don't like to, because like you've said, like just to give a twist or whatever, like this little thing or like this little stinger at the end for the sake of doing it is frustrating. And yet, and so I kind of, it's a negative and a positive. It depends on how you look at it. And and ultimately for me, it's, it was the ending good and the ending was good. It was mm. a great conclusion. And I think the fact that, you know, not, not to give spoilers, but the final scene that like the, the finale scene was perfect the way it was portrayed and I, I i pretty much knew how it was going to go down but the execution was exquisite mm. um and cleverly done fantastically shot there was kind of use of um kind of cctv in this movie throughout and and it was used in the finale in really really clever way and um it it kind of just yeah for me it was it was great like it, yeah. it, i that's what i thought it was going to be but yeah he executed it way better than 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 i than i imagined yeah for sure um but yeah thank you very much for that one cat um but yeah just to kind of finish off our thoughts because i'm guessing that we're going to give this a very strong recommend um mm. the only other thing of worth note for me was the fact that this was a two hour long movie pretty much two hours mm-hmm. on the dot before credits and it flew past and i wanted yeah. more <laughs> um yeah. it was one of those occasions where i was like i was left wanting more and even though what we've discussed now i agree with but like there was room for maybe more flashbacks of some kind to see events before this movie and again we get into the whole like you know maybe it would fuck with it maybe the fact that we knew so little helped the movie because i do think it did because um you know we're told about this relationship but we don't see too much of it and so i was thinking to myself and especially because i was such a huge fan of the actor as well like having flashbacks in there but the more i think about it the more i do like that it is kind of like the scenes you've got with him and then we just we believe like we've got no reason to not believe her um and yeah those yeah, seasons that they, the seasons that they do have are so strong but yeah my the, my final thought is like highly recommend this movie and i'd highly recommend it at the cinema as well because mm. i think that it's it looks stunning we've barely got into the kind of the tricks of what they do with the invisibility type stuff because we don't want to spoil yeah. too many of the tricks but i think they all deliver there's genuinely like scary moments there's genuinely shocking moments as well and the overall use of sound i think really added to that that if you watched it at home on on tv where you don't particularly have the best sound system mm. i don't think it's going to feel as impactful as watching it on the cinema no, quiet place so yeah i'd definitely recommend you check it out as soon as possible 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a strong recommend on both. And it's one of the strongest cinema recommends I'll give all yeah. year round. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there could be movies that I enjoy more than this that I'll give less of a cinema recommendation to yeah. um, because of everything you've just described. And, um, you know, I think this is a must-see on the big screen if you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of The Invisible Man. We will take a short break and we'll be right back. Um, yeah, just to finish this off this week, I don't know if you've been watching anything, but just to very briefly to kind of uh, finish my thoughts on it, because I uh, discussed it over the last few weeks, that I did finish uh, Lock and Key, uh, mm-hmm. of course, the Netflix TV show. Um, and yeah, overall, I did enjoy it. It was um, There was a couple of lols, definitely, and it was kind of like a lot of TV shows, really. You see certain subplots and, and maybe even certain parts of episodes where you're like, okay, like you got you guys are just filling time now. Um, but like overall, I think it came together in a fairly satisfying way. Um, there was so much of those kind of joe hill sass stephen king elements to it that i appreciated um it definitely leans towards setting up more seasons a lot which again i don't want to have this massive hangover from Watchmen, but i do will always appreciate a tv show more that just has the balls to be like look if we make more we'll come up with new original stories but here is the story we wanted to tell and um this isn't that it's a really cool story which then leaves a lot more room for more um which is of course going to be great for netflix for sure and i would definitely watch another season um don't get me wrong ultimately does it land on the more sci-fi side of things it's sci-fi slash fantastical very fantastical yeah. is how i yeah. describe it you know that kind of yeah. that, that element between like when you're a young adult you know teenage and all that sort of stuff with those mm-hmm. old classic movies where it's you know it's about it's essentially about these keys that do all these crazy things um mm-hmm. and so uh yeah it's very fantastical very sci-fi but yeah i did enjoy it for sure like it, it would definitely yeah. be a recommend of like stuff i've seen on netflix not the best stuff definitely not but better than most stuff um yeah but yeah, and I think yeah, I think okay. you'd you'd enjoy it as well with like the, especially the Stephen King aspect of it. Like I said, mm. the Dreamcatcher type stuff. Like it's almost like Joe Hill's take on Dreamcatcher. I think you'd really appreciate. Don't it. don't tell me that, bro. Like <laughs> I was trying to give it a swerve until you said that. Nah, you um, should check it out. <laughs> I watched a couple of movies. The, yeah, uh, a couple of horror movies. One one Arrow movie and one Fright Fest movie. Oh, nice. Uh, the 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 normal thing. I'm hoping um, one of them is what you're going to say because I realised that it came out in the past week. I haven't watched that yet. Um, All right. Did you get the Blu-ray though of Come to Daddy? I have. I So I have two Fright Fest Blu-rays that I'm probably, oh. probably going to watch before next week's show. I have Come to Daddy. Nice. And I have, um, what else do I have? Um, the Freaks? Did that come freaks. out? Freaks. I have Freaks. Oh, did that come out? Nice. Yeah. So I have Freaks and Come to Daddy on Blu-ray awesome. that I'm going to watch uh, in the coming week. But the, the Fright Fest movie that I did end up watching um, was Haunt. Oh yeah, nice. Um, the rewatch of Horn, um, and yeah, the movie was just as enjoyable. Again, like pretty formulaic and plays by the numbers, um, but it just was exquisitely executed and was just—it's a super fun Halloween watch. Mm. I think kind of it's on demand right now. I hope it's still on demand around Halloween. I just think it's perfect to throw on, and it's just—it's just a. It's just a a fun haunted house slasher movie that that executes what it wants to almost perfectly there are some you know it's it's not you know it, it it's not kind of like this truly fantastic movie but it's just a super solid fun movie that that mm. deserves eyeballs on it and i think um even second time round i enjoyed the journey almost as much which is a real strong um you know feather in its cap because 
quite often that type of movie isn't strong on rewatches, but like this one was, and like like I definitely would throw it on on a Halloween multiple times. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I really enjoyed that movie, but I also mm. haven't felt the urge to rewatch yeah. it because it was very much like, oh, okay, I've seen it now and then I'll move on. But yeah, it's definitely, I'm glad you brought it up because that's kind of like a subgenre that we've not seen too much of for the show where it's just like, it's just a fun time slasher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's nothing more, nothing less, just a good time. So yeah, I'm glad that it's still very good. Yeah, it definitely holds up. And yeah, a movie that going into the vault, going into the arrow, I watched, my, I watched myself a Wes Craven movie that I've never watched before. Oh, interesting yeah i um... save these for the wes craven specials but go on <laughs> i hope <laughs> you like out... it more than when i watched a, a new wes craven movie for the first yeah, time yeah not so much man i watched deadly blessing <laughs> oh see so i well i i watched um, yeah, you people, watched, under um people under the stairs i, 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 I don't fan. yeah like i quite like people under the stairs but um mm. yeah deadly blessing it was a slow burn um right. it didn't really it didn't keep my interest to be honest by the end of it like the movie is an hour and 40 and by the end of it i was just kind of begging for it to end mm. um it's kind of like this um basically this husband and wife there uh, live on this farm and kind of the neighboring farm next to them are these uh this religious cult and he the husband is basically um he has left the religious cult and has kind of like got this farm next to them and is trying to like just live this life with his wife. And then he dies under mysterious circumstances and she becomes kind of more paranoid about the, um, the, the kind of, you know, cult next to her and what the hell happened and like what their plans are for her. But she also doesn't want to get driven away from this farm. And it's kind of, it, it centers around that, which in itself probably doesn't sound too interesting and is probably more than what the movie delivers on anyway. It just kind of, it was a real miss mm. for me. And um, the the only thing that was really interesting in it was that um, he straight up does the Nightmare on Elm Street bath scene in this with the oh. with the whole kind of character in the bath and the, the the character kind of between the character the camera between the character's legs really yeah he does huh. that exact scene in this movie which is fascinating that like he kind of goes back to it for it was almost was gonna, like he i was gonna he, say was this before or after that before i think this was uh, before nightmare up street yeah let me just double check because if um, so that's really crazy that yeah like yeah because nightmare's 84 <laughs> isn't it um yeah. deadly blessing 81 yeah i thought it was wow. yeah so he kind of went back to it and like um so <laughs> you know it's it's you know that was super interesting it almost feel like there were a few things because this movie does have characters kind of like um that there's this, there's like scenes with spiders and stuff that do um that, that are kind of like this it, it just it does feel like a step before nightmare on Elm street where he's almost mm-hmm. still learning his craft and that and in that respect is interesting but it really is unless you're like a wes craven super fan which i am like you don't need to see this movie yeah um and and yeah even looking at like the poster when i clicked on it on imdb like it's a very nightmare on Elm street poster yeah the I blessing that, poster yeah, yeah um but yeah then the movie itself was not all that interesting it was it was a shame really 
Yeah, it sounds really interesting is that aspect of like, you know, the history of him to be like, this is yeah. this thing that precursed one of the most famous and great horror movies ever made. Like, especially yeah. the fact that, you know, he does, that is one of the most iconic camera shots in any horror film. And it's crazy that yeah. he's done that and no one remembers it. And then he did yeah, it again he, so he, well. Exactly. It blew my mind. He straight up does it. Like, basically, the character's in a bath and this snake gets let into the bathroom and mm. the snake goes into the bath and then snips, like, slips into the bathtub and you you've got this whole camera the whole time like shot on her like that and cutting backwards and forwards between that and the snake and kind of yeah. the snake comes up between her legs right. as opposed to the freddy glove yeah and so like it's 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 almost identical it, <laughs> it blew me away that and like it like to, to see that i was like jesus christ like he like yeah for this iconic scene to see it being you know actually wes craven just ripped off what he did in deadly blessing like it's um and it is i think almost on the arrow description it's like here's a revisit of the misstep before nightmare on elm street which is effectively yeah, what they said for hills of eyes part yeah well. like their descriptions are <laughs> to be honest pretty piss poor at times like yeah like they 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 have such an agenda the person who ever wrote them where it's like if they love yeah. the movie they'll tell you that they love it if they didn't like it they didn't like it and i like no but i kind of want of, you to be it's I kind of want you to be unbiased. Though. But it's kind of fascinating that like they're putting out a movie that they're trying to sell and yet on the yeah. back of it they're like, Yeah, this movie kind of sucks, but you like the director, right? Like it's it's interesting. Yeah, well there's like, there's this one, I can't remember oh, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but it's one of these ones that is trying to be like uh everyone remembers it as this total piece of shit and then they like put it out with this big release with like extra commentaries and stuff yeah. and but it is one of these ones of like it'll definitely say on the back you know like oh look at this old stinker yeah like, it's, it's funny that they do it's try just, and do yeah that it's just when they do it for one of the best horror movies ever in hills of eyes part two that we don't like it exactly yeah so um, I've, you know i've almost completed my wes craven kind of filmography now yeah <laughs> there'll always be something that pops up um <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I think that, I'm basically almost left with just like Serpent in the Rainbow, I think. Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> just having a look now. Yeah, Have Serpent you seen in the that Rainbow. like musical that he done? No, because that's not at all a horror movie. The, the Paris <laughs> no, one? No, it's not. Yeah, like. Paris or something? Yeah, yeah. Like his other yeah. stuff that's obviously not horror movies. You just yeah, or them. Music of the Heart. I that's can it. see music actually now. Heart, yeah. yeah, like, no, I'm not, I'm not seeing those, but yeah. I guess I've got, I've seen Shocker, Serpent and the Rainbow, and Swamp Thing that I haven't seen, actually. Right, I've got yeah, two left, I've got two left. People actually like that, so yeah, <laughs> maybe that'll be fun. Um, yeah, Arrow puts it out, I'll watch it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, over the next few weeks, like, there's a lot of cinema horror coming out, and there is yeah, some on-demand stuff as well, so I like, we'll have to figure out what we're doing next week, but... Um, that might be cinema it might not be but then the week after that we've got the hunt and then the week after mm. that we've got a quiet place too <laughs> oh my so, god uh, it's not that soon is it man it really like, is it really is oh my god i can't wait mm -hmm. i know i'm with you where i'm keep thinking like man can't wait till october gets here and i get to watch yeah. a quiet place too <laughs> and it's like no it's out in like two weeks oh man um, that's that's mad definitely which is insane we'll have to again we've already talked about it quite a bit this show but we're definitely gonna have to talk about it again because like <laughs> Our love for that movie is still so strong, and it's. I mean, we'll be doing I'm, a show I'm on nervous. it soon, man. No, I mean like the original movie. Let's just talk about that again, because mm. <laughs> it's still definitely like in contention for my favorite movie that we've discussed for the show for sure. Yeah. Um, and it still looks kind of like nervous excitement, like oh man, they made another one, huh? Like, God, yeah. I hope it's good. <laughs> um, and I've not seen that trailer, so maybe other people might already be like, it looks shit or it looks amazing. I don't know. Um, it looks amazing to me. 
fair enough. <laughs> um, fingers FYI. crossed. On one. But uh, yeah, we did talk about a very amazing movie this week in the form of The Invisible Man. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't believe because I never could. How could I start that?